Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. This episode, I am blessed to have Marika Blasfeld on. And she is someone that I actually got to know through a women's group. I haven't met her in person yet because we're not meeting in person right now because of COVID. Yet I was interested in what she had to offer because you know how I've said in the past that if I don't have a lot of information about it, I will have someone on. And she has just released the most gorgeous book that I've seen. And it feels like a retreat in and of itself. It goes from explaining how self-care, there's some yoga, there's the most amazing recipes. You know when you see a picture of something and you're like, oh, you can practically taste it. You'll find out in this episode why the pictures are so gorgeous because she just has an eye for it, but also the training behind it. So she has agreed to come on and talk about her path and how she uses intuition in her own eating. And I just enjoyed the conversation so much and I know you will too. Thank you for listening. And here we go with Marika. Today I am joined by Marika and she's going to lead us and tell us all about this product of herself, not only product that she's putting out there, um, that she offers to the world that it's about health, it's about wellness, it's about trusting self, it's about your essence, but I'm going to let her tell you. And I want to thank you for coming on. I have often said to my listeners, if I don't have the information, I will find the people who do. I will bring on the people and share those that know more, that can explain different uh, subjects and everything, because I think working together, we can you know, spread uh, healing and, and connection and trusting our intuition, obviously, the name of the podcast. <laughs> so sometimes that's a little bit of um, a pull for me when I see that in something. So I thank you for reaching out. And would you mind sharing, because you're going to do a better job than I am, with uh, the listeners, like, who is Marika? What you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know um, how far back you want to go. Uh, I have quite an interesting life because I was born in Estonia, grew up in Germany, and then uh, in my early 20s came to New York City. And now I'm living in Beacon, New York, but still sharing my time between Beacon, where I'm in the fall and winter, and Estonia, where I spend my summers. So do you want to know a little bit about my life journey? Well, personally, I love to know because I'm very nosy about people and what uh, makes them click and everything. But I think the more we hear about someone, uh, the more we can see ourselves in them. Um, and then it's just fun. I would love, I wonder why you want to live in Beacon in the winter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it used to be that winters in Estonia were far more severe than in Beacon. Oh. So, uh, and again, I was only a year and a half um, when we left Estonia. So I have no memory of that time. Uh, at least no conscious memory, let's say. Sure. Um, and um, apparently it is in my blood because um, like talking about winter, I absolutely love snow. Oh. 
like when the snow starts falling, I just go into like a fairy tale kind of calm, beautiful state mm. that uh, it's just really, really powerful, mm. although it's very subtle and it's calming, mm. but it's just, I just love it. Mm. So no problem with winters in Beacon, they also have become milder. I mean, I was thrilled that it actually snowed and the snow <laughs> stuck, not like in New York City, where I also used to live, mm. you know, where it's just big calves and then the next day it's all slush and dirty. And so, my partner would love you. He describes it exactly the same way. There is a silence that happens. There's actually something yes. behind that, si that silence, but that, just that pause. Yeah, exactly. You feel like time just stops for a moment and it's just like a different dimension that you find yourself in. Yeah. So yes, share with us um, some of your, your travels, uh, like emotionally, journaly, journaly, <laughs> journey, <laughs> and, um, and, you know, literal, because it's, it, it, I believe, you know, each of us, each of that contributes to who we are. So we want to know. So share with us. Yeah. And uh, since your topic is inspiration, I mean, I was thinking about that, you know, before coming on today and looking back at, at my life. And I would say I'm really fortunate that I have been following my intuition, like all my life, really. Um, so starting, let's start not too far back, but let's start when I finished high school in Germany. <laughs> So I, I had an interest in the arts. So when I finished high school, I had decided also that I want to just take a year off and not go on to the next school or university and just experience life. And um, I have had an, a relative who lived in Sweden and she was a famous textile designer. And she offered that um, if I want to, I could stay with her and she would find me a job and I could, you know, spend a year in Sweden and, um, you know, do whatever, look around, get to know Sweden. Uh, and um, I did that. And uh, first she got me a job in a textile printing factory where my job was to trace the patterns and then that fill in, you know, for example, if you have three colors, you need to make three, three versions of the pattern, right? Because each color is going to be printed separately. And then I had to sort of fill in, let's say the yellow on one sheet, fill in the red on the other sheet, fill in the blue on the third sheet. And so that was my job and it was fun. Uh, really, I enjoyed it. But then after three months, um, somehow I didn't know this before, but uh, my visa, you know, didn't allow me to work anymore. Uh, I had to stop working and then uh, we decided okay so then uh, we just put you in a school you know for the rest of the year <laughs> so I went to the textile institute uh, in Borås in Sweden and so I was able to spend the whole year and that was wonderful and also the experience of being in the school and learning more about colors and uh, you know making patterns and drawing and things like that so that was a great experience for me and uh, at the end of the year um, I um, had decided, okay, I do not want to continue in textile design. I want to be a real artist. <laughs> <laughs> so then my next thing was uh, to um, go to Berlin uh, and I was uh, accepted to the, um, the Arts Academy of Berlin. Um, and, um, Berlin, of course, was an amazing city. Uh, you know, I don't know if people still 
remember, but it used to be sort of an island in Eastern Germany, right? Mm -hmm. So when you go from West Germany to Berlin, you know, you go through, uh, you know, East Germany and it was really weird, you know, the, the stations in between where the train, you know, just doesn't stop, but slowly goes through and you would see, you know, police on either side with, uh, with dogs walking up and down the train and then you enter Berlin and you're back sort of in a normal situation. And uh, after a couple of years in Berlin, I uh, got involved in a, um, an experimental dance theater workshop, uh, which was also happening in our school. And that is when I discovered dance and movement for myself. And um, I had always been fascinated by dance, but I thought, you know, if you don't start as a four-year-old in a ballet school, then, you know, it's too late for you. And at that time, I was already in my uh, early 20s. And the teacher who was leading the workshop uh, had himself studied in New York. And um, so then I thought, no, I have to go to New York now. Mm -hmm. And so I took a semester off from art school and I went to New York. That was in 1980. And luckily I had met somebody in Berlin who had an apartment in New York and said, as long as I'm Berlin, you are free to use my apartment. He had a roommate as well. So it was like amazing, you know, I got there, I had a place to stay and he had told his best friends to take good care of my, of me. And one of those friends was also a theater uh, and dance person. And I think arrived on a, on a Tuesday and on Saturday, I was in my first rehearsal. Wow. So, yeah. So, and this whole, these whole years in New York were like that, where one thing led to another and I was just being able to follow my dream and do what I wanted to do and loved what I was doing. So I worked with many different choreographers and did a lot of performing, uh, also created my own work. And um, then, you know, uh, also I would go and visit Estonia, perform there, also do pieces there. That was still Soviet time, right? Mm -hmm. And then in 1991, uh, when Estonia became independent again, sort of all the doors open and uh, then it was time to fulfill another dream of mine, which has been ever since I was a little girl, I had this dream of one time living uh, in the countryside. And not that I wanted to become a farmer, but I just loved being in the countryside. And I think that goes back to my childhood experiences in Sweden, where we had uh, relatives that also had left Estonia, but much earlier than I moved with my parents. They fled, you know, when the Russians moved in in 1944 whereas we got out in 1959. Uh, anyway, so we would visit them and some of them had places in the countryside. And I remember uh, that I was allowed to pick like my own carrot right out of the earth. And then I would just rinse it off, uh, you know, in some water and eat it. And that was like the sweetest thing I've ever had experienced. And it was just really, really amazing and powerful. So, so uh, there, I think this idea of living in the countryside came from. So then, um, fast forward, um, when Estonia became independent again, uh, I was able to purchase a farm and um, I put an ad into the paper and I wrote that I'd like to buy a, a, a traditional Estonian farm complex, uh, not more than two kilometers from the Baltic Sea in a beautiful, clean, natural environment. 
And so uh, I got a lot of, you know, contacts, people called me and some things I could tell over the phone that was not the right place. And then I went to maybe look at, you know, five to seven places. And when I came to the one that I ended up buying, um, again, I would say intuition, right? Uh, that, that recognition that this is the right place was just so powerful that, um, I still get goosebumps thinking about it. And what happened is that uh, a traditional Estonian farm complex uh, consists of many different buildings. So you would have like the main house where you have the kitchen and the sleeping quarters. And then part of the main house is built from stone, which is the threshing den. And also in the winter, the animals are kept in that space. So in the winter, all people and animals live under one roof. Oh, and then there's that. also... <laughs> And then there's also the hay barn and then there is the, uh, the stable and then there is the storage house, which usually consists of several chambers where you store like your textiles or your meats and dried fish or, and your grains and flowers and then one for your tools. So I stepped into the kitchen and um, in those old farms, the kitchen also served as the room where you would uh, dry the grains so for one thing there was this huge oven um big white oven in one corner and then the ceiling of the kitchen was higher than in the other rooms it was almost like you had a double roof underneath the outer roof mm -hmm. and that upper part was totally black all the beams were totally black and the reason for that is that they also used to dry the grains in that space. And then they would fire the oven and open one particular door where not, where not only the warmth comes out, but also the smoke and the soot. Mm. And that's from years, or years of doing that. Um, that's, you know, what colors the, the ceiling. Mm. And I believe it has also a function in that it's not only drying the grains, but also maybe um, the soot will like... Um, disinfect them you know like yeah, make sure that yeah. there are no bugs or yeah. bacteria whatever so i think that is also one uh, one advantage of doing it that way and then the woman who was selling me the house she was older in her 60s she was standing there with a white apron on and then i saw some bunches of herbs hanging from the ceiling drying and then just something came over me that i just you know as i said goosebumps tears you know rolling down my cheeks and I was, I don't know how long I was in that state, but it was like amazing. Uh, I, I mean, I couldn't believe that I, I was so lucky to have found a place like this. Yeah. And that's how you know it's soul level, right? When yeah, exactly. It still touches you today. Yeah. That this experience, that to me is totally reaching out, connecting with the soul and that gratitude. But also, yeah. I believe there are ley lines in the earth just like there are ley lines in us. And when we line up and we click into a place, we just, if we're listening, we just know it. And you can, you can feel, I don't know if this is how it was for you, but you can often feel the unfolding, you know, of yes. possibility and yes. even probability. I think sometimes I call those angel bumps when you get them. It's like, you know, <laughs> there's, yeah, I like that. <laughs> there's confirmation from the divine that, you, oh, you got here. Oh, yes. good. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> nice to see you. We've been holding this we space. We make sure you get it, right? <laughs> <laughs> We've been holding this space. And, you know, when you, I, I feel like when there's enough experience of those. And, and to me, what I heard through all of that was someone who is 
um, not only you're willing to listen to your intuition, but you flow with it. Yeah. Because everybody has it, but it's the listening to it and trusting it, whether you name it or not, you know, there's something deep inside there that says, okay, now it's New York time. Okay. Now it's Estonia. Okay. Now in Beacon. And I grew up in Pine Plains, so I'm oh. very familiar. <laughs> I spend my weekends in Rhinebeck, so I, I'm very familiar uh, with, with the area. Beacon is beautiful. Um, yeah. This is in New York for those listening overseas and stuff. Um, <laughs> so that gardening, that connection to the earth, the um, I think of it as a reward. Some of my greatest memories is having a garden as a kid. And my mother used to say, you know, we do need to have some of the peas make it to the plate because I'd, <laughs> I'd be sent out to pick them. And <laughs> And I'd be stuffing them in my face. And she's like, we did, we did want some for dinner. And I'm like, oh, but they're so good. Yeah. Um, so there is something rewarding. And I think, um, I know, connective to being able to, you know, create your own food, whether it's a balcony barrel, you know, or whether yeah, it's the exactly. room. I, there's just so much. And I think, one of the gifts that I've noticed and seen during this time of COVID is more people are doing that. Yes, absolutely. And that's so wonderful. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. In certain parts of the States, we've lost that. And it's, it's a return to the gratification when something buds, you know, you get to see that life or you pick, you know, we had cherry tomatoes this year that were just amazing. <laughs> and, so. Yes, and especially tomatoes. I mean, they taste so different from whatever Very you different. buy in the store and even at the farmer's market. There's something about it when you grow it yourself. And, and I think it, uh, it just really connects you to the whole cycle of life. And then you are also rewarded by this beautiful flavor. And you also notice that and it makes you more aware of everything and I think awareness is really uh, such an important part of living you know a fulfilling life because you could just like walk through life and not see or smell anything or feel anything and then you know it's over and it, no, nothing spectacular happened but if you live with all your senses alive and appreciate what you have um, yeah it's it's a great thing. It is, it is amazing. One of the reasons that I named this podcast Intuition Your First Sense was because I feel, well, first of all, I feel like it is the first sense and the other five come after, but I feel like it feeds the other five and it makes everything more alive if there's a knowing of it. And most of us, that wasn't shared with us uh, growing mm -hmm. up. And I'm like, yeah. people, people need to know this. They need to know that it enhances life um, because it's inherently in us and it's in nature, so hugely in nature. So yes. paying attention to those cycles um, or what worked well with this particular vegetable but didn't work with this other one, you know. There's an empowerment that I feel like comes from being engaged and connected. And it sounds like that's a lot of what you help people with too, is connecting, you know, with that aliveness is what I want to call it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So you sent me this gorgeous book um, that is like, I'm not kidding people. 
the pictures and it explains a little when you talk about your textile background and the artist i'm like ah yeah <laughs> you know it's nice to have good photography in in a book obviously but what i saw in this was connectiveness like in the different areas whether it was the self-care whether it was um in the uh cleanse aspect or the recipes it carried through there's this one great picture of you sitting with friends having dinner and just the sweetest look on everybody's face like, <laughs> hi <And I'm> like, <laughs> oh, i love this one um i already have some recipes picked out by the way. Oh, great. Um, well, this photo and this table, I love that table too. You know, it's just sitting out there and it's totally weathered. And whatever food you put on that table is just so beautiful because, you know, the color of the food just, you know, jumps right out at you. And it was at that table also where we sit with my retreat participants because now what I do at that farm is I do yoga, wellness, and cooking retreats, and other people come with their groups and, you know, we feed them and provide them with the, yoga studio and, and uh, places to, to stay overnight. But it was at that table when people said, you know, so when are you going to, they always love the food and when are you going to write your cookbook? And I was always saying, oh yeah, right. I'm sure that's a lot of work and it's very expensive and, you know, maybe one day, but it kept coming and coming again and again. And uh, in one retreat, my niece was also participating. And then we looked at each other and she said, well, let's do it. So I said, well, okay. <laughs> and she actually became like the producer for the book. And, yes. you know, I, I wrote the book and uh, yeah. So that's how my first book came about. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely lovely because it feels like a retreat within a book. Yeah, yeah, you really get that feeling of the place and also the care that we put into the food. And, uh, and uh, the good thing is that the recipes are not at all complicated. I personally don't like recipes that have like 12 ingredients and then it's like, oh my God, you know. Uh, so, you know, four, sometimes only four, five, six ingredients and that should do the trick. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really kind of a Zen cook maybe. You could say that I love and adore simplicity and I love for a few beautiful items to really shine. Mm. So I'm not one for having too many different things, you know, in, in one dish. I yeah. just within the last couple of years appreciated cooking before that. My husband who's passed, he cooked really well. So I didn't mm. have to. Yeah. Um, nor did I want to. You were spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, there was a trade. Um, but, uh, <laughs> so, but because he loved it, there was, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, he loved vegetables as much as I did, you know, so there, there was more of a <laughs> simplicity in that, that you go ahead and do it, I'll clean up. Um, <laughs> but up until the last couple of years, I, you know, up until the Instant Pot came into my life, um, I really didn't have any desire. I actually ordered, you know, those boxes that you can get of the food. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I ordered after he passed, I'm like, okay, I can't live on these easy to make foods anymore. It wasn't that I um, didn't like cooking. I didn't know how to. Yeah. So, cause I'm also number seven of eight kids. And, you know, I had two on either side of me, two sisters that loved it. So I was like, see ya, I'll be outside playing <laughs> basketball. <laughs> I'll go pick the stuff. You guys do the canning. <laughs> um, so, 
but this and that's like when what jumps out at me for this book um cooking with marika it clean cuisine from the estonian farm that's what jumped out at me was i used to say if there's more than four ingredients count me out yeah. um, but now i'm like okay is baking soda really considered a hard ingredient no you just have to measure it so when i was going through and and looking at some of the recipes because I'm also vegetarian. So, you know, looking at, uh, I'm always looking for ways to enhance the taste without six hours of prep. Right. <laughs> I, I concur. <laughs> it's not going to happen. One of my favorite meals is a carrot dipped in almond butter, if that's any invitation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so tell us about this book. Like, take us through... Um, you know, some of the, I'm telling you people, you're going to want to hang some of these pictures up on your wall. Um, like yeah, you so I guess the first thing what I would say is that it is not only a cookbook, uh, but it is also a nutrition guide. And um, so the nutrition topics that I'm going into in this book are uh, healthy weight loss uh, without dieting or counting calories. Love that. I, yeah. <laughs> and I talk about gut health. Mm -hmm. which is really central uh, to our health in general and also immunity, big topic right now. Mm -hmm. I talk about inflammation and how to avoid that by eating the right foods. And I'm also added uh, two cleanses into the book, which I do as a program online. I always do, uh, uh, I call it the easy breezy spring cleanse mm -hmm. uh, that happens like March, April. And then I do an autumn detox uh, that happens in September. So um, I decided to put the material and all the recipes for the detox and the cleanse also in the book. So, you know, people can do it also uh, on their own. And then I go into a few lifestyle topics. I talk about breath and how important breath is. Uh, awareness, we already touched upon that. I give a few home spa uh, techniques. And uh, since I'm also a Kundalini yoga teacher, I added a few very simple Kundalini yoga exercises into my book. I saw that. I, I, I miss some of it. I hurt my back, so I can't do any of the, ar the, the archings yet. Um, yeah, I missed those because it was such a great way to move energy up and down my spine. Yes. And so yes. I, now I just flop over a ball seat backwards. <laughs> and do it that uh, way. You know, you'll, you'll be able to do it. Again. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. It's, yes. It's definitely improving. Yeah. And then also uh, in terms of the recipes, um, I, uh, you know, I have them ordered in, in categories. So there will be like breakfast porridge recipes and some more fancier weekend breakfast. I have smoothies. I have lots of vegetable dishes. And among them, I also talk about lacto-fermented vegetables, which are really easy to make at home. Uh, and they're just so good for our uh, belly, for our immune system, for our health. And I talk about wild edible plants, mostly greens, about leafy greens, grain dishes, legume dishes, soups, different kinds, uh, breads, and also uh, sourdough breads, mm -hmm. which is, um, I make them, uh, my sourdough breads with rye flour, like that's the traditional way of doing them in Estonia. 
And again, people think it's probably such a complicated thing to make your own bread, but sourdough bread is really so easy. I mean, it takes you maybe half an hour of preparation and then you bake it for, you know, 45 minutes and you're done. Mm -hmm. So it's a lovely thing to uh, pick up. And of course there are salads and dressings and spreads, uh, uh, some fish and a little bit of poultry meat, but minimal. And then also some, uh, you know, cakes baked with alternative flours. So, and as we already said, the recipes are really easy, nothing complicated. And also I don't have like, uh, you know, in terms of putting yourself in a box, you know, I, I don't believe that you have to say, okay, I'm vegetarian, I'm vegan, I'm a meat eater, I'm this, I'm that, you know, because food is so individual. And mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. so when people ask me, so what are you? I usually answer, I'm a vegetarian who also eats meat, fish and chicken. <laughs> you know, uh, because I do. And uh, sometimes I, I, I want to have these foods and more so in the winter because they're warming foods. And in the summer, I'm happy to be, a, you know, a vegetarian. And uh, but I love my dairy. You know, I love eggs. So, yeah, I eat them all. <laughs> I think that's part of the intuitive part as well. Right. Because yes. There, there are times and that I guess I follow the, a similar premise in that. I, I listen, I can tell when I um, might require a good grass-fed burger and, and mm -hmm. I will get it because I can yeah. feel that. So it's more a preference to be in, I happen to love fruits and vegetables. I also love my dairy, um, yeah. the, the fruits and vegetables. And I think it's much like you know, if, if a supplement is needed, I feel like doing it intuitively, not, okay, take this the rest of your life, you know, three of these mm -hmm. the rest of your life. It's like, no, what does your body say? And yeah. that's, that's part of paying attention and the awareness um, of, of being a whole being, I think, mm -hmm. of recognizing and, and, you know, yeah, a little consciousness, paying attention to just because it's the latest fad doesn't mean that your body lines up with it. And, yeah. you know, connecting to that, the, the flow of energy, like what, what, what have you put in that might slow down the flow? And that, that's exactly why, you know, poultry is not in my life. It's, it's not that I have any moral thing to it. It slows me right down so much that I'm just a slug. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and it's great that you make made that connection. Yeah. You know what it is that that causes that. Yeah, I think it's having a willingness to make your own decisions, and that's why I feel like this book that you're offering feels like the whole person approach, the whole being approach, even. And that's why I said it feels like a retreat to me because you go through the yoga and then you have good food and, you know, part of ingesting good food is being part of making, you know, the good food. That mm -hmm. potato carrot gratin, I promise you by the end of the weekend <laughs> <laughs> is on a plate here somewhere. Um, so what would you um, suggest to people who are like, maybe in the space of knowing that they'd like to listen to their body more to kind of be their own authority on their body. And how would you suggest someone, and I know we can't do complete blanket statements because everybody's different, but there are starting points. What would you suggest that, where would you suggest someone start if they're thinking, yeah, I do want to have more of an 
understanding of my own wellness? I, I would have like two answers to that. Uh, one thing, if you want to just try to do it on your own, you know, um, I would start by drinking more water, <laughs> very simple, and by trying to eat whole foods, you know, and not products, mm -hmm. food versus product. Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately, in the products, there are so many other items added that have no business in our body, you know, all these artificial flavors, uh, you name it, uh, funky fats, uh, you know, things you cannot pronounce that are definitely not a food item. Mm -hmm. uh, and these are really wrecking havoc with our bodies. So uh, if you were to only do these two things, you would already see amazing results. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the third thing <laughs> I would say, <laughs> you know, try to limit white sugar, like to a minimum. Yeah. and white flour as well because these are really empty foods and they just you know mess up your blood sugar level which then again you know leads to ups and downs and cravings for more sugar or white flour mm -hmm. and the fourth thing i would say uh watch out what kind of fats you consume so i can't believe that in the what are we 21st century they still talk about uh saturated fat being the enemy and cholesterol being the enemy uh, when it's really the refined oils that are the enemy those cheapo supermarket oils that all look alike they all have that yellow color they don't smell like anything like if you have a cold pressed oil that's let's say made from hazelnuts it will smell and taste like hazelnuts or almond or olives right mm -hmm. But, you know, your soy oil, what is it, grapeseed oil, sunflower seed oil, um, they are so processed. And in the process, in getting them out of the plant, they heat up the plant and they use solvents. So by heating up the, the seeds, they go rancid, right? So the oil that comes out tastes bad. So then it has to be deodorized using more chemicals. And by the end, you have all traces of these chemicals in your rancid oil, you know, because the oil is still rancid, it just doesn't smell rancid. Right. So that is really the worst oil to, you know, ingest. Yeah. Whereas the saturated fats are actually good for us. Butter is fine. Uh, then there are the monounsaturated fats in that, or oils and olive oil falls into that group. So that is another good oil. Mm, that's my favorite. And uh, in terms of, you know, cooking temperature, the saturated fats uh, can take higher temperatures without becoming rancid. And olive oil is one that can take medium high temperatures without going rancid. So that's something to remember. That's so important because we hear don't, but we don't hear why. Mm -hmm. And I'm someone who, if you tell me the why of something, and, and my head, I might know intuitively to not buy that, um, but if you tell me, or if I learn the why of it, it's like a math problem in my head. I'll, you know, and I have the solution at the end, I'm like, okay, done deal. Mm -hmm. You know, so, yeah. it, it, and I feel like a, there's so much misinformation out there, yes. so much that, it's it I, I i i'm grateful that you explain the why 
around the rancid part because then that makes more sense than just don't do it. Mm -hmm, exactly. Um, because I mean, we know, I hope cognitively not to put solvents in our bodies. Um, right. <laughs> however, you know, it, the, the price, the cheap, you know, the easy, all that kind of stuff that, uh, that's one of the things you could tell the very, the shift that's happening in my partner's refrigerator because he had margarine and he was oh stuck. yeah and I'm like no no that's not gonna work <laughs> so little by little you know there's there's other yeah. stuff but being able to 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 know it, it's it's also empowering and I feel like the more that people have information like it, that's in your book it's easy to understand yes like it's easy to understand. It's it's got a matter of factness, and I just opened up to savory carrot squash apple pie. Holy macaroni! Okay, uh, I don't even eat pasta and holy macaroni. Um, <laughs> so there's going to be some. So that's part of one of the things that I, I when I saw you on the women's group, I'm like, ooh, no, I want to have her on because so many people because we're home now are trying these things and they're they're experimenting in the kitchen i know i've done more dishes than i ever thought possible um, and i was working from home before but there's something about this and now we're heading at least here into the winter months you know where a little bit more nesting happens and yes. you know, a little bit more of the comfort well imagine if the comfort was a savory carrot squash apple pie <laughs> You know, rather than a Duncan Hines brownie mix. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And the thing, the beautiful thing also about uh, starting to eat more real foods, whole foods, you know, foods that come from Mother Earth, is that um, your sense of taste changes. You know, you, be, you be start, start becoming aware of the more subtle flavors and start to appreciate the more cleaner tasting food. And I mean... Uh, you know, I, we didn't mention that, but I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. That's where I got my uh, education in, in nutrition. And um, there we were made uh, aware of these things. And I was thinking too, I have been eating carrots and beets all my life, but I never consider them be, to be sweet. Mm. But now, you know, that I have a more refined sense of, of taste. It's like, oh my God, they are like really, really sweet. That is just amazing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's much better to eat sweet vegetables than to load up on sweets and candy, right? And you, you, really, you get that sweet feeling from them and it's totally satisfying. Mm -hmm. And so that's a beautiful thing uh, when you start eating more natural foods that it kind of happens on its own. And then you take one of, especially those industrially produced candies. I mean, they're like, yuck. Yeah. They're like overly sweet. And then they're filled with all kinds of dyes and stuff that you don't really want to know about. Mm -hmm. So and the uh, like the texture, I found like there's an odd, texture that mm -hmm. happens in them because of the, the refined thing and the, the connection to whole foods besides our own body is you know the more we eat in a, a clean fashion the I feel like and I know for myself it keeps my antenna <laughs> so mm -hmm. my intuition working that much stronger 
you know, because my body itself isn't trying to detox. It's not trying to get rid of the extra Mm-hmm. Um, that's in there that it knows doesn't need to be in there. Now I'm not the cleanest eater on the planet. However, I can feel like it, I'm known as a coffee snob, but it's not that I can feel the vibration. Yes. And if you're handing me something much like the oils that it's over-processed, I can feel that. And yes. it, it takes away from the enjoyment of the coffee and I want to enjoy my coffee. So (laughs) I do one a day and I want it to be good. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Enjoyment (laughs) is so important, you know. I mean, I'm also somebody who doesn't uh, propagate that you have to be, you know, uh, a healthy eater 100% of the time because that's just not uh, realistic. So my my saying is, you know, eat uh, wisely. 80% of the time and then 20% of the time, you know, let life happen and just go out with your friends. And I mean, if you can, again, after COVID. (laughs) When you can't go with your friends, you have a darn good time. (laughs) Have a good time, you know, have your French fries, you know, whatever, have a glass of wine and it's not going to kill you because you have the solid 80% backing you up, you know. And obviously, we are fed by more than the food on the plate and, you know, having a meal with your friends and that social connection uh, is much more important sometimes than, you know, the perfect food. Very well said. Very well said. Um, Cause it, it's, it's feeding the whole of us again. Yeah. And you know, the way one of the rules I've come to is that if I'm going to eat it, I pause myself and, and there's that, you know, critic in the head suggesting that this isn't good. What are you doing? You're negating everything. I'll say, you know what? I'm not going to eat regret or guilt. I'm going to eat this. It's going past my lips. So someone up there better get good with this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then once it, you know, because I I just know that we hold that in our body. We hold that resentment towards ourselves, And it's not a permission to just eat crap. It's that if this, in this moment, I'm going to have, you know, whatever it is, for me, it's usually gluten-free, black licorice, but if it's going to be something, then it's going to go in with the appreciation of this, you know, product. So, um, you know, whatever, or if it's my homemade brownies or whatever it is, it's going in with that. So, and I think that's the appreciation of life. Um, or one aspect that could be an appreciation of life. Well, I appreciate that you were willing to spend some time with <laughs> myself and my listeners um, and, you know, create, again, uh, expanding knowledge because I think, just think the more we know, the more fun we can have here. So how can people find you, reach out to you, um, work with you? Where do, we, where do we find you? Uh, well, um, the easiest is to go to my website. And uh, it's very easy to remember. My name, Marika, and then B, which is the first letter of my last name, dot com. And so there you will see both, uh, you know, a place uh, where you can read up about my cookbook. Uh, you can also see my retreats in Estonia. 
you can also sign up for my mailing list. And as a gift, I'm uh, sending you a PDF of one of the chapters in my book. And I chose the sustainable weight loss without dieting or counting calories chapter. And that will give you a good feeling about how I work and what my philosophy is. And if you need help, you can, uh, you know, contact me and we can work together one-on-one, -on -one, which we can do long distance. Uh, and I usually work in a program. Uh, so I suggest to do at least six sessions with me and we can spread them out however you want to, whether, you know, bi-weekly or three-weekly. And uh, then we can, you know, focus more on your personal concerns and step-by-step, -step, uh, you know, make improvements in your life. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for being so generous and sharing your book. Oh, my uh, pleasure. It will, it will be put to good use. Um, and I already have a couple people I'm thinking of. I think you just helped me with my holiday shopping. Yeah, it's oh. a beautiful gift. Absolutely. Because not only is it usable, it's also gorgeous. I mean, it's a, you could put it on your coffee table and, you know, just leave through it once in a while and it'll be a great thing. <laughs> It's the well. It's also a good sign. So, and the way I was looking through it the other night, I had an electric fireplace, but I had that going with a cup of tea, and I'm leafing through it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, all I needed was the snow falling, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we we're in the seventies. Um, so I really appreciate you. I'm so grateful. I saw that post. Uh, Thank you. That you were you were looking for it, and um, you know, come back and let us know you know, how things are going, or if you have a program you're running that you want to let people know about, I'm happy to Great. Be, be part of that too. And I thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you're interested in Wisdom Wednesday, feel free to go to the website, vickybaird.com and check under booking, and you'll find the information there to sign up for the subscription. I am so grateful that you listened to this episode and that you're participating. And I hope you have more of an understanding of how values and our intentions can lead to completing some goals, which then allows us to feel fulfilled. And I wish you all the best and be well. <laughs>